Welcome back to the Garden State Law Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Lau. Joining me today is Sabre Estate Planning Attorney, Mary Joan Kennedy. Mary Joan, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Tim. So today, Mary Joan and I will be discussing the importance of having an estate plan. This is something I feel very comfortable talking to you about because you handled some of my estate plan. So hopefully I have the right questions for you and that I have enough experience in this to lead a conversation but uh, you did a great job working with me, so you're co- you come highly recommended. Thank you. Before we jump into our uh, our topic, why don't you take a second and tell us a little bit about yourself and your practice? Sure, Tim. So Mary Joan Kennedy, uh, I've been practicing in estate planning and estate administration for more than 15 years, I'd say. Um, I really enjoy this practice because attorneys sometimes are called counselors, and I like counseling and talking to people and dealing with families. And at the end of the day, I feel like I helped people. Yeah. And it's one of the more sensitive areas that you can work with. So it's you're doing you're working with people very closely. um, And it's, uh, you know, it's you're building a bit of a relationship, I think, more than some other attorneys may in in their line of practice. That's right. And you also handle um, elder law, too. I do. I do a little bit of my practice as elder law, I'd say maybe 15%. Great. So we're going to talk about estate planning. Um, This was a topic that when I first invited you onto the show, you thought, is this really interesting enough for a podcast? Which I thought was interesting because it's not so much whether or not, in my opinion, if it's interesting, but I think it's really important and it's something that a lot of people overlook. You know, we stress to especially young people, professionals, that you want to plan for, you know, long-term planning. And, um, you know, people are people are stressing so often that you should be saving for your 401k and that you should be saving for your retirement. But there's this other component of your life and getting your 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 affairs in order that I think is, is overlooked often. So uh, we can debate whether or not estate planning is interesting, but um, I think we can both agree that it is uh, very important. It's something that a lot of people tend to kind of put in the back burner and then it becomes important when it becomes important. And that's very often too late. So I think I think that's absolutely right. I think it's one of those things that as adults and maybe even college students, we know this is something we should do, but it's something very easy to put off as we get into the daily grind of the day to day. But I do think it's part of everybody's planning and and is important. Yeah. So let's talk about estate planning. Okay. Um, I think most people think, oh, wills, right? Right. Is that what we're talking about, about wills? But there's more to it than just wills, right? Absolutely. So what are the main kind of components that we should be aware of when thinking about putting together an estate plan? So I think you touched on it that you're absolutely right. Some people use wills and estate plan interchangeably, and it isn't Mm -hmm. really. So estate planning, at least from my point of view, is a comprehensive review of where you're at and where you want to be. So the components of an estate plan and the conversation I have with my clients is, where are you now? What do you want to do now while you're living? So planning for while everything is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, then planning for the future through something like a will or perhaps a trust agreement. Mm-hmm. And then after you pass away, what's going to happen with your assets and your estate? How is it going to be disposed of? Sure. So before we get into each component, who are the candidates for estate plan. So, I mean, I had this conversation with you specifically because yeah. I think at the time when we first met, I believe I had I had both of my children. Mm-hmm. I was married. I owned a home. And I still was a little like, do I, I think I need this. I know I have kids and, but I don't right. know. I don't think people realize when they shouldn't, sh- shouldn't, should not plan for these things. So 
who are the candidates? Who should be considering a state plan? So again, if we're going to think of a state plan comprehensively, I think every adult, every person over the age of 18 is a candidate for an estate plan. Mm -hmm. Now, the complexity of that estate plan will vary greatly based on the person, but even a college student is ripe for coming to have a conversation with an estate planning attorney yeah. because um, they might need just an advanced directive and a power of attorney, which I know we'll get into later, but mm -hmm. I would say every single adult is ripe for an estate plan. And there are, I feel like there are probably some milestones too, where you're like, right. okay, I, I didn't do it in college. Me, you know, that would have been great. I didn't. Right. Um, but there are some, I mean, I can imagine a few. <laughs> I'll, right. I'll let you touch the bottom. Right. But what are some things that, all right, this so, happens in your life. You really should be thinking about like getting your affairs in order. Yeah. So of course, when you're getting married, I think that's an important thing. And of mm -hmm. course, getting married, you're you're in the thick of it, as we say, and it's a very busy time. But I think that's a very important time to think about at least your estate plan. And maybe that's something you want to address in the first year after you're married, because mm -hmm. you want your spouse to be your fiduciary, I mm -hmm. would suspect and expect most people would want their spouse instead of their parents, right? Mm -hmm. um, another time is when you have children. And and can I interrupt real yes, quick? Yes, sure. So before you're married, you're it, if you don't have an estate plan, are we, and we're, we might get into we're, a complicated we're in a, area. Yeah, <laughs> we're in a sticky place there, and that's yeah. why the college students need them, because okay. um, there are laws that you would expect that as a mother or a parent mm -hmm. that you have control and say over your adult child's. No, you may not. So mm -hmm. that's why we'll okay. get into it later. But, okay, so, uh, so, so marriage one. Marriage one, and then, of course, when you have a child, mm -hmm. because you want to name someone to be guardian of your child if, God mm -hmm. forbid, something happened to the two of you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, then I would say uh, every five to ten years you need to reevaluate whether mm -hmm. or not you have a milestone in your life. Anything happens, divorce, death, uh, separation, change in financial circumstances. Yeah. You certainly want to reevaluate. And, and I think touching on this, that's why it's very important to start early with an estate planning attorney yeah. because you want to develop that relationship of somebody that you can touch base with and say, this happened, do we need right. to reevaluate where we are? Right. Um, then again, as you approach retirement, I think you need to start thinking about long-term care planning mm -hmm. and elder care planning. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, when you pass away, there's going to be need for an estate administration attorney. Sure. I can think of one other thing as well, because we went through it. Okay. I remember when the pandemic happened, it seemed like everybody was clamoring for an estate plan. Right. Um, which I guess really points to you, you never really know what, what can happen in a dramatic fashion in your life that will lead you to need something like this. Right. So get it done while you can get it done. Don't wait until the last moment. Right. Because I, I, I remember specifically with, with you and our mm -hmm. firm and other people, not people in my life as well as the attorneys in my, right. <laughs> that I work with in my life, was, oh, wow, I, I need to get that. We don't know how yeah. bad this is going to get. We need to get an estate plan together ASAP. That's true. And yeah. back then, you know, everything was feeling emergent and rushed and stressed, and that's what we want to avoid. Yeah, exactly. So let's jump into the components of okay. it. So the first component being, you know, while you're alive and the early stages, and these are advanced directives and power of attorney, I still don't totally have my mind wrapped around each of those. Okay. So what what is what is a power of attorney? I think I, I, I think I'm more... I have a general understanding of what they are. But if you can spell out, what right. are these things? Sure. So a power of attorney is a document by which you appoint someone to be your agent mm -hmm. who will handle legal and financial matters for you. 
So it can be limited where, for example, perhaps when you bought a house, you appointed the attorney who is handling the closing for you to sign papers on your behalf. That's a limited power of attorneys for a specific purpose and it has a specific time frame before it expires. Mm -hmm. Or a general power of attorney, which is all-encompassing, right? Mm -hmm. Anything legal and financial, this person, this agent can handle, step into your shoes and do for you. Um, sign beneficiary designations, close bank accounts, withdraw m money from your account, write checks, enter into contracts. I mean, it can be as broad in scope as the statute allows in the state in which you reside. Mm -hmm. um, so let me ask you a question. Yeah. Is a power of attorney something that you generally recommend for someone in their 20s or 30s? If you, for example, you got married, right. is that necessary or recommended when I hear power of attorney I usually think someone's very is much older maybe coming to their end of their life they can't really make the decisions on their own so they'd appoint their child or their spouse or whoever to be the power attorney is this something that people who are you know 20s healthy 30s 40s yeah healthy right. and young you, you have better terms for it than, <laughs> than me um should they be thinking about that i think everybody should be thinking about yeah. that yeah absolutely even college students like i said because um you want but you want to choose someone that you trust um because you are giving them in most cases broad access to your assets right but yeah. you you don't want a situation where there's an emergency and no one can pay your bills mm -hmm. get to your bank account um access your digital assets, for mm -hmm. example. Yeah. Now, under 18, you're in college, you're still 17, it defaults to your parents. Right. Is that right? Right, right. Okay. So because uh, under 18, you can't sign a contract. Right. So basically, that's first milestone, like you mentioned before. Right. It's 18 years old. A lot of people are going to college um, first time. So the other aspect is advanced directives. Right. right. Advanced directives for healthcare. And what I do is a what's called a combination advanced directive for healthcare. It includes two parts, mm -hmm. a living will, which most people would be familiar with, where you say what you want to happen at your end of life. So if you were terminal mm -hmm. or um, otherwise uh, in, in a very serious medical condition, mm -hmm. do you want the doctors to take all means necessary to keep you alive, mm -hmm. feeding and fluid through tubes, et cetera? Mm -hmm. Do you want to donate your organs if they're viable? Do you want to donate your organs for research or just mm -hmm. to another human being? Mm -hmm. um, and the second part of the advanced directive is where you appoint somebody as your healthcare representative. Mm -hmm. So that's the person mm -hmm. that can talk to your doctors and make decisions for you if you can't speak for yourself. So that's an important point that I uh, mention to people, that this is only if you can't communicate to the doctors yourself, will someone else be making decisions for you? Yeah. Um, so that, that document, I absolutely recommend for everyone that's over the age of 18 going to college. Mm -hmm. Around this time of year, I, I bring it up to everyone because HIPAA laws, which people might be familiar with, are privacy laws in the healthcare area uh, that prevent parents from speaking. So if you are at college, you end up in the infirmary or the hospital, the doctor should not really talk to any other adult about your care without an advanced directive being signed. Yeah. And, and, I, and I suppose this is going to be a theme throughout much of what we talk about, mm -hmm. but these are all, as we call it, like living, breathing documents, right? Once right. At any point in time, if you want to change any component of any part of your estate plan, it's easy enough to change, right? We're not, we're not starting from scratch. If you want to change what, what a beneficiary right. or a designee or whatever it might be, right. that's an easy enough to call it, or I call you, 
Mary Joan, I have a quick change. It's not like I'm starting over the whole process again. Absolutely. And that's why sometimes my clients get stuck on, I'm not sure if this is the right person. And I say, just do your best now. And if you call me tomorrow and say, I want to not name Jane, I want to name Joe, that's an easy change. Yeah. And it's not a big expense. It's not a big, it's not time. because the document is already drafted, right? Right. Right. Perfect. See, I try to make seem lawyers like, <laughs> lawyers aren't that expensive. That's right. Sometimes they are, but not, right. <laughs> certainly not. In the, and in hopefully case. as we talk, I'll show that it's more expensive in this area to not have a lawyer. Sure. And I really do believe that. I'm very conscious of price. I, most of my clients are, you know, regular people that have a budget and I'm not looking to exploit anyone. I, I just really feel strongly that you will save money by hiring a professional. Yeah. Yeah. So component number two, estate plan, I'm calling them components, yeah. um, however we want to look at it, but um, we're looking at a will and a trust. Is that right? Or that's... Will yeah. or maybe a trust, yeah. So what is the difference between a will and a trust? Right. So a trust is a document that you could use, again, many different ways, but it's an agreement, a contract where you appoint someone to take what's legal, the legal term is nominal ownership, but ownership over certain assets mm-hmm. and manage them on your behalf. So it's a written agreement and you set forth. There are beneficiaries of the trust and mm-hmm. that's who the trustee, the person is called, is managing the assets for. Mm-hmm. Um, a will, on the other hand, is... A document where you say where you want your assets to go upon your passing. So it really has no active effect until you pass away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the will is probably one of the most common things you're working with. Right. Someone says to you, that's great. I would love a will. I have nothing to give away right now. Um, I don't have a whole lot. What What do you say to those people who feel as if it doesn't make a whole lot of sense right now because I don't haven't acquired much over the years. Yeah, and you know that could happen. I suppose that somebody calls me and I will say, you know what, you don't need a will. Mm-hmm. We're fine just doing an advanced directive and a power of attorney. And right now you have a beneficiary designation on your one checking account, and you own your house with your wife, and yeah. you're fine. I'm not going to oversell anyone on sure. a document or a product that they don't need, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, most people, especially in the tri-state area will need a will because our lives are a little bit more complicated Mm -hmm. than that, especially, um, you know, as you grow your family and Mm -hmm. and have other uh, people that you want to pass assets on to. Yeah. Now, some of your assets are securities um, or other, you know, pieces of complicated Mm -hmm. um, uh, financial vehicles. are these incorporated will? Should you be bringing in a financial advisor if things become a little bit more complicated? Where right. does, how does the financial advisor component right. and the lawyer, how do they work together and in, in, in how do you designate one from the other? That's a great point. And often we work as a team. If a person has a trusted financial advisor, we absolutely get them on board and say, what have you been talking about with these clients? I want to hear what the goals they've expressed to you. I want to make sure we're all working together. Mm-hmm. Um, but a, a point that I don't want to miss is um, with the will, you're appointing someone as your executor. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, that alone is a cost-saving method. And uh, I know we're going to get into this later about why do I need a lawyer. But if you do not have a will your assets will pass by what's called intestacy law. Mm -hmm. And that means according to the statute. So you are no longer making the decisions for yourself. The New Jersey statute, if you reside in New Jersey, is making decisions about how your assets pass. But that means that an administrator will have to be appointed for you and you need to go to the surrogate and post a surrogate bond. Mm -hmm. 
the cost of a surety bond is not inexpensive. Yeah. So uh, that's a, a very important consideration for people when they say, I don't have a lot, do I really need a will? And sometimes, most often, I'll say, you need a will just so that you don't have to go the administration intestacy route. Yeah. It's an insurance policy. It's exactly right. We're really just saying, I'm protect protecting myself for what may happen. And I'm going to end up spending, should something happen, I'm spending the money anyway. Right. And I think the truth is, like an insurance policy, you're doing it for your loved ones, right? Yeah. It's not going to help you at all. Sure, no. The advance directive and the power of attorney is helping right. you. But yeah. as we said, that the will and doing these things are like an insurance policy that help your loved ones. Yeah, it's interesting. You think, when you think of it in a state plan, you're thinking it's about, it's about you. Right. And it's protecting you, but in all fairness, you're protecting the ones around you. Right. Because... They have to deal with the fallout of what may or may not what, what may have happened. Right. So to have things in order, you're really kind of helping your family along through the the process. Absolutely. So other components of well, you actually mentioned um, and yeah, I remember you wrote an article about this a few years ago about digital assets. Right. And you know this could be anything from and this was before I think cryptocurrency really became a big thing. Mm -hmm. But we we're talking about um, you know someone has a collection of thousands of um, you know, uh, songs on iTunes right. or a robust um, account in, you know, uh, I forget, I'm not really thinking about what the, um, the website to hold all the, the, the um, pictures or whatever. It oh, might yeah. be. There's a ton of digital assets. That's something that she, people should be considering as well. Um, I believe. Absolutely. I mean, right now everybody has some sort of a digital footprint. Yeah. And the, the reality is whether it's your online banking account or your iTunes account or your Amazon photos or your Apple ID, mm -hmm. without planning for how that's going to be handled, if you're incapacitated or if you pass away, your loved ones will be left with a mess. Yeah. Um, the reality is, for example, the Apple ID, you need to get a court order if mm. you haven't given someone the authority to handle those after your passing. Yeah. So it's a, it's an important topic. And it's probably not just the Apple ID. There's probably yeah. six other versions of the Apple ID. I expect so. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So what about someone who is looking to be more charitable with, you know, their end, their end of... Uh, end-of-life uh, distribution. Mm -hmm. um, is that something that is also incorporated in a will or a trust? Or if someone's trying to just, it's not going to a person, you know, I'd like to give it to you. I was very involved with the Boys and Girls Club in right. my local town. Um, is that something I need to work with them? Or how do how does someone go about dealing with a more of a charitable contribution? Absolutely. And I guess it depends on whether they want that to happen at their passing or and, and how they want the money to go. Meaning immediately upon death, you want to leave them a specific amount? Are you leaving mm -hmm. the percentage? And again, that's sort of one of the reasons why you want to get a professional to help you and guide you. But um, yeah, that's something you would name in a will or a trust if, if you go that route. Okay. So anything else about a will or a trust before we move on to the probate side um, that you think is worth uh, mentioning that I may have missed? <laughs> I think that's good for this context. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the final piece is, is probate. And I still don't, I believe that's what we're talking about. Right. Is once you've passed or once someone has passed, uh, what happens after that? Right. I've never been very certain about how any of this process works. I never really went through it myself, thankfully. 
what is probate and how does the whole process work? Yeah, so a lot of times you'll hear if you listen to news programs or you read articles, one thing you want to avoid is probate, and they make probate sound like this horrible, scary thing. At least in New Jersey, probate is not at all a complicated or scary thing. Um, what happens is there's a surrogate in each county. When you pass away, if there is a will, you present the will to the surrogate's office, the surrogate court, and there is a surrogate, that's a person who is a designated for that county. Um, they accept the will and they appoint the person who's named in the will as the executor. Mm-hmm. So it's a very simple process. It runs very quickly, costs a couple hundred dollars depending on the name, the number of pages of the will. Mm-hmm. Okay. So not as bad as it sounds, at least in the state of New Jersey. Right. <laughs> that's the big, that's the big takeaway. Right. That's exactly right. Great. And then I also want to mention there might be something called a tangible personal property memo Mm -hmm. that is sort of an annex to the will Mm -hmm. where people say, I want my uh, this collection or my china or my doilies or my, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, my my special things to go to particular people. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I I failed to mention earlier was, and this was a question I actually had, I remember, you get a set of documents – you have the physical documents, mm-hmm. they're signed, we're done. Am I keeping these? Am I putting this in a safe deposit box? Do I need to alert people to where they are? Do you do you store them? Where right. do these documents, where do the physical, tangible documents go? Right, so that's a client decision, yeah. and um, you can either keep them if you have a safe, fireproof, waterproof place, like a safe deposit box or a fire box in your house. Mm-hmm. That's totally fine. At our firm, we also have a place where we can store them, and then we give you what we call a conformed copy, which says the original is in the vault at our law firm. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as notifying people, again, that's a personal decision. I always suggest that you do. Some people feel their privacy is important to them and, and will would rather choose to leave a note mm-hmm. um, in some accessible place that says, this is where you can find my documents, but don't want to address that up front. Sure. So whichever way the client's comfortable. Okay. So really at the end of the day, what we're talking about is these documents serve as an insurance policy for you. Right. They're protecting your loved one, not, not just you, but your loved ones as well. And at the end of the day, these expenses are going to get paid one way or another. So might as well do it the right way and have things kind of planned the way you want and planned by conferring with your loved ones and having everything kind of established kind of upfront. I think that's absolutely right. All right, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I think that's absolutely right. You're going to save time, money, and angst if you hire a professional and get this thing done. Yeah. yeah. So some of the challenges I would imagine you face and the things that I've actually heard from family and from friends is, you know, I'm, I just crossed 40. Um, A lot of people in my position are thinking about this. If not, they've, if they haven't taken care of it already, but I think a lot of people don't want to face the worst case scenario Mm -hmm. really by walking through um, this process, you are talking about very difficult you know, aspects of what could happen. Right. What is your advice to those who, you know, they don't want to confront these types of things and they're honestly not too concerned about the expense or the, you know, going through it, but they don't want to face. Yeah, it's very emotional. What do you say to clients who, you know, you're kind of conferring with and, and meeting and or potential clients that are really apprehensive about going through the process? I think you're absolutely right. I think many people are apprehensive, but unfortunately, this is just one of the things as an adult that we need to do. I try my best to empathize and guide them, and we take it as slow as as they want to. Mm -hmm. But I say, 
you'll feel so much better once this task is off your list and yeah. you know that things are going to be handled the way you want. Yeah. It's almost like sometimes, at least how I operate, you're lying in bed at night and you're thinking about all the things and right. I just want to like, if I could just get it down on right. paper real quick, I could take the load off of my mind. I know it's done. I know what needs to be handled. I know it's planned and it could kind of, I know it's reassuring to know that I have some sort of plan, plan ahead of me. Yeah. 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 Now, a lot of people are also apprehensive about hiring an attorney. You hear attorney, you think this is going to cost money. Um, and I know for a fact, I believe, well, I don't know for a fact, I believe there's probably things you can grab off the internet and yeah. trying to do this on your own. Why is it important to hire a professional as opposed to going on this trip uh, yeah. on your own? You know, this is uh, something that comes up all the time, especially in conversation, just, you know, when I'm out somewhere and friends and family even ask this. Um, Kiplinger actually addressed it once at one of their 20 tough questions, like, do you save for retirement or save for your children's college? Do you um, uh, hire an attorney or just download a form off the internet? And I guess the truth is, and I, I'm as aware as anyone else, um, you can go on YouTube, you can go online and get a form. There's absolutely, you you can do this on your own. Mm -hmm. I'm not denying that. But similarly, I could go on YouTube and find out how to install my new sink. Sure. I'm right. not going to do it, <laughs> right? right? Because yeah. the risk is yeah. greater than the reward. Yeah. You know, I, I, I would not even venture to do that. Right. Um, but that, it's true that you can go online and learn how to do anything in theory. Yeah. Um, and can some people, but I think the better choice is to consult with an estate planning attorney. Yeah. And Choose an attorney who is willing to structure your estate plan to your circumstances mm -hmm. and isn't looking to give you more than you need, mm -hmm. right? And is willing to tailor the, the products and the plan to you. Yeah. Because I think the peace of mind that comes from having that relationship and knowing things were done correctly and knowing that you have someone that if the law changes is mm -hmm. going to call you up or send an email or send right. an alert, right. it is invaluable. Or God forbid you make a mistake. Right. And you think you have everything in place <laughs> and you made... And you did, it, you did it wrong. You did right. it all wrong. The truth is, in New Jersey, there are technicalities to mm -hmm. how you can sign a will. Sure. Right? Um, and we've all heard stories of famous people. I think it was just Aretha Franklin who they found oh, her, what was deemed to be her will, under a couch cushion. Is that right? Right. And then they found another one in a locked cabinet, and they had to have a court battle to get one admitted. And mm. not none of them, neither of them, was done with an attorney. So they, you know, I mean, you're talking a multimillionaire and why yeah. she wouldn't have hired an attorney is beyond me. But, you know, some people, I think, for what you dressed before, are spooked yeah. by the idea of dressing sure. these things, right? Yeah. So it happens over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the peace of mind that can come knowing that you did it right is, is invaluable. Yeah, I guess at the end of the day, you're trying to do what's best and you're trying to do things right. Right. So why would you last moment take a shortcut and just say, well, I could do this on my own. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Mary Jo, this is all very helpful. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time and talking us to talk, talking to us today. Um, if you're interested in talking to Mary Joan about preparing an estate plan, you can reach her at 973-622-8405 or mkennedy at saber.com. That's M-K-E-N-N-E-D-Y at S-A-I-B-E-R.com. Thank you for everybody who's listening. Thank you for Mary Joan. Uh, make sure to subscribe uh, to our YouTube channel and our podcast channel, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Thank you.